Welcome to the Do Life Different podcast hosted by 1128 Community. My name is Mike Francisco and I'm the lead pastor of 1128 Community Church in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Today I'm joined by my friend Nathan Rackers. Nathan, it's good to have you. Thanks, Mike. Good to be here. Uh, now, I was just thinking, uh, we've known each other for, what, like a ye- two years almost, a year and a half? Uh, yeah, I think it's almost close to two years, because I think we met about a year before the church launched at that chamber event, Yeah, um, which was at the point after Bar and Grill over on 74th Street, 72nd Street, somewhere in there. Yeah. In Franklin. Yeah. Uh, kind of uh, off Rawson and... 76th, I think, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we met over there and uh, and learned a little bit about Nathan and his family, and Nathan's uh, regular at 1128. He's a part of a group that meets every other Thursday, a group of guys. Um, they do, what, like poker nights, uh, you've done breakfast, yep. got a, a crawfish boil, I think, coming up uh, Next in a few weeks. Friday. So... So yeah, so you're a part of that, part of the church. You also uh, work for Scouts, it, formerly known as Boy Scouts. Now it's just uh, Scouts, right? Still the Boy Scouts of America. Okay. Um, so similar to, we kind of took a page out of the YMCA's book. So the YMCA used to stand for Young Men's Christian Association. Um, now it's just the YMCA. Um, so the Boy Scouts is still the Boy Scouts of America. We just offer uh programming for both boys and girls. Okay. And what's your role specifically there? Like what, what do you oversee? Yeah. So I oversee the Southern half of Milwaukee County. Um, all the scouting that happens there, I'm responsible for the, for volunteer recruitment, um, recruiting of kids in the fall. So like I go into the schools, get flyers to the school, uh, principals and the secretaries to get those to the kids hands. And if I can you know, jazz the kids up about scouting at lunch, if they let me do that, I will. If not, you know, <laughs> I'll do whatever the school will let me to, yeah. to, you know, spread the word of what scouting is. So. Okay. Now, when I think of scouts, I think of summer camps, programs, things like that. You know, some of those like go away for a week mm-hmm. type of things. It fits in with our series that we're doing uh, this summer called Postcards from Paul. And uh, just this idea of growing up as a kid, it was always fun to either send or receive a postcard from somebody that was traveling. Uh, do you have memories like that, just of writing postcards or getting postcards? Not a postcard. Um, I, that wasn't, I guess, much of a thing where I lived and okay. grew up. I mean, you, you would find them in like like trinket shops and things like that. But I definitely remember my my first year of scout camp. Uh, it was the first time I've really been away from home for like any more than like a night or two. Yeah. And you know, I started getting pretty homesick, and missed my mom, missed my dad, missed my my family, and I got my first letter from my mom. Okay, and I couldn't tell you what it said, but memories often re- you can remember how you felt. You don't necessarily remember what was said or what was spoken, but you remember how you felt. And I remember, you know, feeling excited and, and you know comforted. I also remember getting a letter from my uncle, um, and it was he gave me my first you know pocket knife because I received my um, totem chip, which means I could carve and carry an axe, and you know. You have to have a permission to do that in the Boy Scouts. And okay. You know, pass the skills test. It's, it's nothing too intense, but you know, you, you want to make sure they know what you're doing. So yeah. I, I still remember that. You know, was, I was 11, so I'm 31 now. So it's 20 years ago. I still remember getting that letter from my uncle and how excited I was to get my first pocket knife. Oh, that's awesome. So that's, I mean, it's stuff like that's really special because yeah. it, it's something that you hold on to and you remember for a yeah. long time. And and getting back to Paul, you know, he wrote a good portion of the New Testament with letters to churches, 
letters to friends. Uh, a lot of times it was encouraging. Other times it was uh, convicting, maybe I'll say, or uh, pointing out like, hey, there's some areas for growth here. Uh, either way, like I think all of us relate with Paul in some way. Mm. Uh, just curious about you. How do you relate with Paul as a writer, as a person of faith, uh, a friend, husband? Well, Paul wasn't a husband, but he he cared about people. You know, like what? How do you relate? In, in what ways with Paul? Uh, well, I'd, I'm sure my, my wife would agree with, with me on this. I can be very critical at times, <laughs> uh, to a fault. Yeah. Um, honest to a fault, I should say. So I wouldn't say I'm necessarily um, an author, but I, do, I can write some very very witty Facebook posts every once in a while. <laughs> um, you've probably seen some of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, a lot of times it's kind of satirical, the way I write things. Uh, it's also... You know, there's, there can be a point behind it. And last year, I, you know, I almost had a series, so to speak, and I put that in quotations, yeah. of posts around people picking up their kids in pajama pants at school. Okay. Which, you know, everyone was, was wearing pajama pants, but I thought, you know, at a certain time, it's like, okay, it's 12 degrees out, and you're wearing, you know, flannel pajama bottoms, <laughs> and there's all these people around you, and it just, is that the message you want to send to your kids? And I guess I can kind of relate that to Paul, is, you know, what message it was he sending, or what message was, you know, the the synagogue sending at the time. Yeah. So little, obviously very different, you know, we're, we're not talking about pastors or, or religious leaders criticizing their, their followers. We're talking about, you know, parents, but I, I can make the relation there where it's, I'm pointing out a crit, I'm making a criticism yeah. and thinking like, we can do better. Yeah. We can do better than that. We, can, we don't need to pick up our kids <laughs> in pajama pants. Yeah. Let's, let's raise the bar. Yeah. Uh, even if the bar's you know an inch higher, let's yeah. raise it just a little bit here. Even sweatpants would be good. I mean, <laughs> give your kids something you know to not be embarrassed by completely. Yeah. So that, well, I think it was uh, maybe two, three weeks ago now. Not even. It was right towards the end of the school year here, and uh, walked my daughter out to the bus. It picks her up in the driveway, and didn't realize it, but I'd put on a pair of shorts where the the back had been ripped out and uh she noticed of course and very quickly in her embarrassed voice said dad please don't wear those again (laughs) this is a five-year-old you know a five-year-old embarrassed by her her dad at the bus stop so so yeah i'm sure uh i'm sure raising the bar we all can relate with with paul in that way um and sweatpants, maybe over the, the pajama pants, is a, an easy bar yep. raise. Yep. Uh, now, it's interesting you bring up parenting. You and your wife, Marisol, you guys have an interesting journey, right? And we're celebrating Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we hopped on, you said, well, I haven't fathered yet, right? Like, So help me understand um, what being a father means and, and why you would say you're not, and then if you're comfortable sharing some of your story and, and where you're at. So um, I, I'm not a father, but, you know, I'm acting as a father, I guess, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a way, Gabby will always be a part of our life, whether she's with us for another year or continues to be with us longer. Um, but, you know, two years ago when COVID hit, a little, a little over two years ago, I made the suggestion to my wife, like, hey, let's take in Gabby. And I'll, I'll bring everything together here, but... At the time, it was just, hey, let's. I, we know she's behind academically. Let's let's get her caught up. We thought it was a couple weeks behind, 
we had no idea that she was actually years behind um, emotionally, um, academically, socially. I mean, every category this child was behind. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you were to ask me then what is being a father meant, I'd have said it's having kids and, you know, being there for them. But not really knowing what that means. That's yeah. kind of like, you know, a first grader saying, I love, you know, this girl in my class or this boy in my class. It's like, do you really know what love is? You're in first grade. Right. So did I really know what being a father was? No. Uh, did I father a child? Not yet. Um, maybe one day if it's on the cards. Yeah. But my experience with her so far has been, you know, fathering is providing her everything that, that I can, that she needs to, to grow, to catch up. Um, and have it have a ch- happy childhood. So, yeah, and I would say while you might not have been the father uh, in terms of of uh, all the pieces coming together, um, you've you've been a father over the last what year and a half, two years, two years now. now yeah. um, you've you've been a father in every sense in terms of raising her up, modeling how to behave, how to act, how to interact with people. Uh, correction, uh, encouragement, all those things. And so uh, I think it's interesting because um, to me, when I think of you, I think of, yeah, you're you're raising a child. You're, mm-hmm. You are a father. Uh, so it's interesting just to hear you say that maybe in some ways you don't think of yourself like that. And I'm sure there's other people listening that relate. I, I, I guess I wouldn't say it's, I, I don't necessarily think of myself as a father. Um, I don't, for Mother's Day, you know, the card I wrote Marisol was in all ways, in every category, except for birthing the child. You know, you're the mother figure of this child's life right now. Yeah, and and I would say the same is for me. You know, I wasn't the the biological uh, partner that contributed to bringing Gabby into our lives. Um, you know, we, we certainly haven't had her since she was a kid, but um, fatherhood can certainly go outside with the normal. Yeah, uh, sense of. The, of what we know as fatherhood. Well, what kind of encouragement would you give to other, other guys, uh, in your space? Maybe they're, maybe they're just a couple weeks into a situation like you've been in now for a couple years, or maybe they're contemplating. Um, what, what would you say to those guys? Get, um, get a support network. Okay. Um, we've not done any of it alone. Uh, at first it was, it was, you know, of course, it's adjustment, right? Having someone in your life that you've not had before, getting to know each other. Um, and, and very quickly, Gabby realized, okay, these, these are the parameters I can act within. Uh, we started having some some struggles down the road, and we sought out help from some of the services provided through the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's seeing a doctor. And, and those have really helped. So, I mean, that's – and that kind of relates back to, the you know, the fatherhood part. It's – getting this child the help that they need so that they can be successful. So if find a support network, whether that's uh, friends, uh, professional, uh, because reality is if, if you're taking in a child that's not yours, whether they're, you know, a year old or six years old or eight years old, or whatever that is, mm-hmm. there may be some baggage there. There may be some, some struggles there that, that we're not equipped to handle as, you know, as young adults, uh, as non-professionals in, you know, childcare or mental health services. You know, I'm just a regular guy. Um, yeah. And I don't have all those tools to be able to support a child that has, is neuroatypical. So having that support network to reach out and give me guidance has been really helpful to both me and my wife. And 
we wouldn't have been able to do it. I mean, quite honestly, it was, there were some stressful days in there. Yeah. I think what you, what you say there is I'm just a regular guy. I'm just a normal guy. Get a support network. Uh, I think that's true for, for everybody, right? Like any, anybody that's a dad out there one way or another, maybe, uh, maybe you, uh, play the role of both parents you're a single parent and and so you're mom and dad in some ways um you can't do it on your own and i think that's an important and valuable lesson for all of us to hear so thanks for sharing that encouragement now this year uh and last year uh father's day shared a weekend with juneteenth Mm -hmm. and uh and this year they happened to fall on the same day Juneteenth, Father's Day. Uh, And so we're celebrating Father's Day, but we're also remembering uh, Juneteenth and all that goes along with that. It's it's a federal holiday at this point. Uh, The last two years, I believe it has been now. Um, I'm just curious uh, from you and and as a as a person that is a history major, correct? Mm -hmm. Uh, Works in the Scouts, have moved around and lived in a couple different cities, like. Um, what are your what are your reflections on Juneteenth? What do you hope that as a country, or maybe even more specifically, like locally, we might be able to uh, take away from from celebrating, remembering, and reflecting on Juneteenth? So uh, Juneteenth should definitely be celebrated. I think um, it, it's an important holiday, and it's officially fairly federally recognized, but it has been celebrated as, you know, colloquially or, or locally uh, within different communities for, you know, 150 50 years almost mm-hmm. or more. Um, and really, I think it needs to draw attention back to kind of what was considered the great stain on this nation, and that was an institution of slavery. Mm-hmm. And um, it, I can get into a conversation with people if they want to disagree with me on that, Um and that, that that wasn't what a war was fought over, and and sure we can go into some things, but at the end of the day, they're wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're wrong. Yeah, they're okay, wrong. Okay, they're wrong. Uh, and, and there's actually a lot of, and, and I don't mean that in the political sense. Like you're wrong because you know your views don't align with mine. Actually, it, um, President Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy, mm-hmm. said in his opening comments that you know we believe that the Confederacy is built on the institution that the white man is superior to the Negro man. If that's not pointing at what that war was fought over, I don't know what would. Right. So us getting over that evil part of our history, I think is absolutely important. And even from a biblical standpoint, uh, you know, there's a lot of things in the old Testament that we look at now and it's like, well, we, you know, we don't practice that anymore. Mm -hmm. And slavery was in the old Testament, but there was an, I can't. I cannot remember which book it was in, but there was guidance in there that said you should not have a slave that is of the Jewish faith. Hmm. So, of course, you now post Christ, now we're of the Christian faith. Christianity was a major religion amongst the slave and slave population. So, even if we were to continue that terrible tradition, we would have been breaking our own religion hmm. um, in that regard. Um, for those people that maybe haven't uh, taken the time to understand the history behind Juneteenth. What what exactly does Juneteenth celebrate and recognize? It celebrates and recognizes the official emancipate or freedom of enslaved people um, in Texas, I believe. I don't, I'm not a super 
understanding of the holiday itself, um, the roots, but I believe it was in Texas that they were the last enslaved people freed. Okay. Um, and so, so it's been a part of, of black culture, uh, celebrated for years and years and years. Um, and so it's new maybe for others of us that haven't learned about this, right? Cause I personally don't remember hearing anything about Juneteenth growing up in my history books. And I don't know if you did where you come from in Missouri. No, no. Uh, Missouri's still fighting the civil war in some ways. Um, I would say I probably learned about Juneteenth actually when I moved up here. Okay. And of course, you know, being someone who enjoys history, I was like, oh, tell me more. I want to yeah. know more about it. And it was actually a friend at work uh, who told me, and he, he was a black man. Um, he left scouting, but still, still doing great things with kids from okay. what I can tell. Works within the school system now, I believe. And he was the one who told me about it. I was like, that's really cool. I never, never knew this was a thing. And then, you know, two years later, it becomes a federal holiday. So... I think it's absolutely important. I think it's a great holiday and it will help us remember, you know, every holiday we have for the most part celebrates something and usually that something is good. Mm -hmm. This is remembering something that was good that came out of something that was terrible. Hmm. Yeah. And I think we need to remember that it's, it's a terrible part of our history, but this is, we're celebrating something good that came out of that terrible period. Yeah. And I think there's a, I'm hesitant to call it like an ownership, but it, but in a way, our country kind of owns that history, uh, even with with all the negativity and the the ugliness that's a part of that. This this represents like okay, we we recognize that that is a part of who we were, um, and we're committed to moving forward and, and changing the narrative. So I think there's a lot for us uh, to to learn to understand. Uh, one thing personally that I've been doing over the last couple years has just been having intentional conversations with friends that are different than me, friends that come from different backgrounds, different family origins, uh, different communities. And so uh, for me, my encouragement to anybody listening would be uh, find a person that's different than you and, and begin a relationship. Because uh, as soon as you have a relationship, you're going to be able to ask hard questions and say, tell me more like, like you did with your friend. And, uh, and I think that that's, that's really, really important for us to be able to move forward and to, to own our past and to say, well, let's, let's change the narrative moving forward. Let's be better together. And I don't know, do you have anything, any other thoughts on, on that part of the, the relationship, the hard questions, the conversations that come out of, of new holidays, uh, federal holidays like this? I would say um, I have been blessed in my situation. I, you know, I come from a, a very, very white town. Very, for the most part, it's all very conservative. Um, I was blessed to marry my wife, who obviously is of you know different country than I am and different race and, and language. And through through her and through going through college and then moving across the nation or you know the Midwest a couple of times, I've really found a diverse group of friends and mm. that diversity of people that I know. And I, I don't mean just diversity in you know our, our race, but you know political beliefs and orientation and gender identity and all of those categories. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got friends in most of those uh, realms. It offers me the opportunity to learn more about their struggles or their heritage or culture yeah. that I think a lot of people in the town I grew up in don't get. And so there's an understanding of having that diverse group of people and friends to pull from and say 
tell me why this is important to you. Yeah. And if, if that's an important reason, then that can become important to me. If it's kind of a silly reason, then maybe it won't be. But, <laughs> but if it's a good reason, it's an important reason, then absolutely, it's maybe that can help change who you are. Yeah. Yeah, conversations, uh, networks of people, friends, all that stuff really shapes who we are. Uh, and so as we celebrated dads, uh, as we remember Juneteenth and, and move forward with changing the trajectory of our country, because there's still so many things that need changing um, as a church, we want to do our part to recognize and honor all the, the various types of people uh, that call this their home uh, and recognize the people in our community uh, that, that maybe don't look like us, don't have the same background. Uh, maybe they're single parents that are both mom and dad, and uh, they just need a network of people. Like This is a really special weekend to be able to celebrate people, people and coming together and growing and becoming better. So Nathan... Thank you for being with us. Uh, me, thanks for being with me. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, and uh, and we'll have to have more conversations on the podcast going forward uh, about other things. I don't know what those things might be, but uh, there's a whole variety of things you're knowledgeable about, including like good burgers and food and, and stuff like that as well. So thanks again. And uh, for all of, you, all of you listening, you're always welcome to join us on a Sunday morning at 1128 Community in Oak Creek at the Oak Creek Community Center. You can always check us out online at 1128community.org. We'll see you again soon.